0: Loser! Loser!
1: Loser! Mike check, mic check! Welcome back, welcome to the show! We here the Loser's Podcast. was cracking? Losers! Yes, sir. <laughs> welcome to a special episode of the Loser's Podcast. Southside Veil vale here with my boy, No Shirt To Dye. What's good, brother?
0: Izzy in the building, what's happening? Before Vail introduced my long-term friends, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Everybody probably been one. I know Bernard Johnson niggas listen to. We just going to be on this public platform. And we want the whole city to the south side of Southside Chicago. There it is. Me and the niggas Jacoby Cocker. No relation to Johnny Cocker. But he got <laughs> it. <alike. laughs> we used to beat them two niggas in everything, bro. Football, basketball, thinking, running. You know what I'm saying? So that's what it is, y'all. But I'm, I'm no shakin' <laughs> down. I'm in the building.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, no, sir. We got a special guest in the building this week. From the CityCast Chicago podcast, my boy Jacoby Cochran. What's good, brother? How you feeling?
2: What's up, y'all? I appreciate y'all bringing me in today. Yes, sir. We finally make this, make the time for this.
1: Yes, sir. Absolutely. So, you got a new podcast starting today. It's out right now. It's everywhere you can listen to a podcast, right?
2: Yes. Uh, you know, Spotify, Apple Music, Stitcher. There's a couple other ones. You can go to CityCast Chicago or Chicago. get all the links uh, to tune in with us. You yes, sir. You
0: said Bro, you know, you on you that bullshit. Stop telling my business, bro. That <laughs> little shit is there, bro. Leave it alone, bro. I ain't going to tell nobody. <laughs> it's a practice that, y'all. I ain't going to trip.
1: <laughs> right. So we wanted uh, to have Jacoby on the show today uh, to introduce his podcast just to get his perspective on everything we talking about. Um, just, just, just let us know. You know how to, how did this uh, come about? How did the podcast start? Um, how did you get selected, or how did how did everything come about? Basically, for sure, for sure. Um, well, honestly,
2: the crazy thing is, I was just at the of chilling. It
1: yeah. was
2: October twenty twenty. Um, I had just been featured on a podcast called Snap Judgment, which is a storytelling podcast um, that plays nationally, and you know i told a story about growing up on the south side my relationship with my grandmother and that podcast did pretty well people got hold of the story and the ceo of citycast reached out to me when they were just deciding you know where are we going to launch first what kind of cities would be interesting and they thought chicago might be a good place they reached out to me and the process took maybe 3 or 4 months but oh wow that's dope from from the yeah when they brought it up to me i i kind of immediately thought this could probably be something. So I should probably respond rather quickly. For sure.
0: When the white people respond quickly, black (laughs) folks. Nigga, (laughs) I fuck with you fuck. I fuck what you fuck.
2: (laughs) I definitely put his name at Google. I was like, man, who is Buddy? And then once I had a... (laughs) Then I realized that I knew who he was. I had seen or listened to his podcast, uh, Political Gab Fest. Um, You know, my current boss, David Plotz, used to be the editor-in-chief at Slate Magazine. He's been doing podcasts for, I think he just celebrated his 15-year anniversary. Okay. So uh, mm. I immediately knew, well, he knows what he's talking about. He knows the business of podcasts, local journalism. For so sure. Let me see what he's talking about.
1: 15 wow. years, shit. He one of the, the creators of this shit there. Exactly. For sure. Exactly. Yeah. Damn,
0: I would have thought podcast came out probably like, what, shit, seven, six years ago? You talking
1: about 15? Nah, nah mm-hmm. for real. That's like Bill Simmons status. More low key. Yeah.
2: People had to built their own platforms the you know the apple spotify you know the foundation that they provide for podcasts those Mm -hmm. outlets you know a lot of those are much more recent they seeing how yeah that's what i was about to say they late to the the game apple and spotify yeah Mm -hmm. they making it larger they just
1: they just putting it on a bigger platform for real apple and spotify just making it more global yeah, exactly. Yep. This mm-hmm. shit
0: is really bigger than what the fuck I thought it was. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Or it is. You know what I'm saying? Oh,
1: yeah. What, it, it what, made you,
0: what made you just be like, you know what? Fuck. Like, I'm a it. <laughs> like, you know what
2: I'm saying? Actually, honestly, if the opportunity were presented to me before quarantine, I might have been a little more hesitant. Mm. Because at that time, you know, I probably took for granted how often I got to perform on stage. Right? I'm the host of the Moth in Chicago. I performed at the Laugh Factory, you know, Museum of Contemporary Art. I was on stage often, and so I felt that, you know, I had my little slice of the performance world. I'm good. And Mm -hmm. then quarantine kind of reminded you how quickly those things could be taken away, you know, Mm -hmm. how the stage isn't promised to you tomorrow. And so when there was was a chance for me to get another outlet, another opportunity to communicate, especially at a time in my life when I felt I actually had something to say, you know, the mm-hmm. one thing I'm not for, even though I believe in access and outlets and people telling their story, you know, we live in an oversaturated time, and I didn't want to just be another voice out there talking shit. Mm-hmm. And so the podcast came around, not only where I felt comfortable in my abilities, but I felt that I actually have a perspective to build on. And so I'm I'm just glad that it came when it did. Uh,
0: you you say that, you know, you pretty much told Granny's story, man, rest in peace so, um... What story did you tell? What was the the background of the story? Did you throw in there like, you know what I'm saying, bro, seventh grade, Isaac taught me how to game, you know what I'm saying? Talk to the lady, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) I just want to know. But, no, I mean, but, no, I tell you, you know, we and what, next week uh, we'll be out there for our mom's birthday on 27th, so happy birthday to Mm y'all. Whenever that day comes, we got to figure that out. Mm -hmm. um, We got to
2: make sure she don't hit us, though, because she don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> we so sure that
0: means know. we gotta keep it in quiet I'm, about to,
2: I'm gonna wake up tomorrow
0: all right y'all y'all check out the podcast but no uh yeah so what, what story did you tell
2: no i mean yeah you've been to granny house you know it's like a time capsule my grandma bought that house in the late 60s you know the couches is 45 50 years old and mm-hmm. so not only did i tell the story of this black household that had been living through the city throughout white flight reverse white flight the plan for transformation in the early 2000s. But inside of that time capsule, there's this story that takes place where my grandmother has had to watch black suffering, Mm. black trauma and black death from her kitchen table. Mm. And so my entire life, because this is not new, despite the recent wave of protests and activism, we know, Mm -hmm. you know, black folks been getting murdered in America since they was first brought to the shores. Yep. And so my grandmother's house very much represented this, you know, somewhat conflict, this this place that, you know, is full of joy, full of life, full of generations of black excellence. Yep. And yet simultaneously inside of that, we are constantly repeating this cycle of watching, you know, people who look like us die. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that story really reflected on the the summer of twenty sixteen when Alton Sterling and Philando Castile were killed back to back Mm -hmm. July 5th, July 6th. And I was over my grandmother's house on both of those days. And we watched back to back Mm -hmm. these two men die in in completely different, yet similar circumstances. Um, Obviously the most obvious being that they was black folks. And, you know, being from Chicago it's really important for us to, not only shed light on systemic oppression, but we can't talk about the type of violence, the type of things that go on in the communities we grew up with, if we don't understand the context of how this city was designed, how Mm -hmm. these neighborhoods were designed, how opportunities were segregated. You know, you can't talk about carjackings without talking about redlining. You can't talk about, Mm -hmm. you know, gang murder if you don't talk about school closings. And for me, that story was kind of that representation of, you know, we've been seeing, a lot of these things play out, not only my whole life, but my grandmother's as well.
1: Yeah, see, these young kids, they don't, they, they're not going to be able to appreciate because you just telling the story of the nostalgic history of your grandmother's house. I can just picture it because I was mm-hmm. on the south side at my grandmother's house, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I know exactly what you were talking about in that time, everything that was going on. These kids don't understand that. They, they're worrying about getting a gun and trying to protect themselves from somebody else shooting them. You know, we, we didn't have to really deal with that too much, too often. You know, of course, we, we was worried about getting shot, but it wasn't by our peers. You know, we was just, we we, had to you know, that we, like like drive-bys and shit. Like, you know, just be aware of stuff like that. We wasn't worried oh, yeah. about another 14, 15-year-old kid our age killing us. You know, we a fight about it. Like, that's what yeah. I just don't get about these kids. Like, why we can't fight and just move on with our lives. Like, now you got to kill me and go spend the rest of your life in prison. Like... Yeah, I think just, that, that speaks, unbelievable. To,
2: it speaks to a number of things. One, access. You know, mm-hmm. the kids of this era have more access to technology. They have more access to firearms. They have more access to, you know, um, adult content, to seeing other versions yeah. of the world around them. Uh-huh. And, and, you know, to just put it on them would be, you know, anybody's retelling of the story would be irresponsible because, you know, we're all a product of the society we come up in the neighborhoods we come up in yeah. and for these kids i think one thing is always interesting when people talk about it is like you know we talk about like the value of life and how you know it, it confuses us how little it seems that these young people value life but i think that speaks to how little their lives are valued mm. you know for sure this city think- starting around 19 the late 1990s early 2000s decided to redesign where these kids live, the neighborhoods mm-hmm. they call home, the schools they go to, the resources they have access to. And, you know, I just sat down in Cook County Jail with these young folks. Mm-hmm. And rarely are you looking at somebody who's just like, I like to kill people because I want to see people hurt, because I want to see people down, because I want to see people lose, I want to see people cry. It's not to say that those kind of people don't exist, right? This is humanity. Mm -hmm. For all the human time, we done had savages out here who you know, in the world, the words of Alfred, they just want to see the world burn. Mm -hmm. But but these shorties, that's not all of them. Some of them, this is really all they know. All they know is kill or be killed. All they know is shoot first. All they know is Grand Theft Auto style living. And it's easy to put it on their shoulders Rhetorically, but when you really think about it, like they—they they just a product of what they know and what they see, and I, I get that that they don't provide easy answers. They don't. Well, how do we stop it? It's already here. Like, yeah, it's, you, you got to cra- start thinking about the next generation.
0: It's mm-hmm. crazy you said because you uh, look at it like, damn man, like you explained it the perfect way. You know what I'm saying? If you're not from Chicago. You wouldn't understand, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And you broke it down into the most, of course, shit, it's sophisticated way. Because oh, he <laughs> said a big word, then bro, I was like, hold on, <laughs> on wait, hold on, you know, rewind that shit. You know, they, what want,
2: I'm saying? Me to, they <laughs> want me to make sure. I think that's what they hired me, man. It's the, it's my blending ability. Like you know where I'm from, Isaac. You know yeah. where we come from.
0: No, no, don't call me Isaac now. What you, you got? <laughs> what you, what you, what you, there's what there's you got? Me. A wire, bro. You get paid, bro? What you, <laughs> I knew her ass was a Quantico, boy. I knew, I was like, that nigga, yeah, Asian.
2: Josh, Izzy, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, oh, oh.
0: bleep it. that, damn, bleep it, bleep it. <laughs> but nah, but seriously, like, we, I, bro, it's crazy, bro, because we all grew up in that, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, three different lifestyles. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, we all seen the same exact shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's crazy, bro, like, I will be talking to Vel, I will be saying, he be like, man, just come home, just come home. But, you know, you know Kobe, like bro, like, see I said Kobe, y'all I ain't kids. say the full nigga name, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, but you know, like, growing up, how the shit, how hard it was for me, man. Like, I really didn't think that bro, I was gonna make it out of high school. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And we like, they were saying, bro, we was worried about the drive ass and the shit like that, and just in the war zone, being in the middle of the shit. Niggas, mm-hmm. we had to worry about being in the middle of the shit, not necessarily being in the shit, no incrimination, right. but, mm-hmm. Um,
2: Even just being adjacent to it, our, yeah. you know, people in our circles, people who we grew up around, like yep. none of us, you know, regardless of how much or little we all, you know, participated in the world around us, we all yeah. grew up in that world, moving from neighborhood to neighborhood, seeing how they operate differently, and it made me feel empathy for these shorties because yeah. I mm-hmm. felt when we was coming up, it was dangerous, that it was crazy out here, but you know. What I what most people don't get, which is what I'm glad that I got what it, what you all got is it didn't beat me a down. It didn't beat me down enough for me not to step outside of my what I grew up in to really think to myself like, bro, this shit ain't as simple as they making it seem. It ain't just crazy motherfuckers out here who want to do crime, want to shoot. It's It's got to be more complicated. And when you look into it, it is. It is more complicated. It is by design. Is, but the hard part of that is knowing that doesn't comfort people in the morning. What that do to a grieving mom to know that this shit is systemic. They don't mm-hmm. do nothing. Mm-hmm. What oh what it God, do what it do when you're walking down the street and you got your head on the swivel knowing that, oh, gentrification and redlining created this problem. Okay, I, that don't change the fact that I'm still out here, you know, fighting for my life and mm-hmm. we have to get to a point where we can't allow both of those things to exist in our head at the same time, where we can always be looking to better understand the situation while still trying to address it straight up. Mm -hmm. And and, and it's hard to do that thing. It's it's hard to, like with the carjackings, for example, like Mm -hmm. people are scared. They just like, we need to do something to stop this. And the unfortunate, the hard answer to that is, well, what we could have done to stop this, we needed to do 25 years ago. Yeah. and invested in these kids' life and their parents' life and their schools and their community centers. they. It's not to say that they too far gone, that they lost causes. It's that the situation that breeds this is decades in the making. So now they want to react and say, we need to throw these shorties away for life and we need to make sure they up for five years and we need to put all these squads out here. Like, bro, that's reactive. That don't mm. do... That don't do... Mm-hmm. Like, how many times do motherfuckers got to tell you that, like, punishment prison that don't scare people from committing crime when they can't eat, when they want to make a living for themselves. Like So you Uh can keep lengthening it. We did the three-strike rule in the 90s and we learned all that does is lock up poor black and brown folks that do not prevent nobody white, black, yellow nobody from committing crime. Uh So we got to start rethinking 10, 20 years ahead of what do we want justice to look like? What do we want our city to look like? But Reacting to the 15 to 20 years now, like th- me saying this doesn't take responsibility often because if you listening to this, I don't want you sticking up grannies. I don't want you taking people's shit to, to yeah. joy. I don't want you to yeah. do that. But what's got you to this point is both of your control, but also that's that's 15, 10, 20 years in the making, in addition mm-hmm. to the fact that we living in a pandemic. So uh-huh. I just yep. I just hate to sim- it's it's hard to simplify, but you know the everyday Chicagoan needs simple answers, like how I'm gonna be safe, mm-hmm. how I'm gonna eat, and them some real complex questions.
0: That hey, sure. motherfucker Kate ain't got the answers to. Nah.
2: Ex- exactly.
0: You know what I'm saying? Like that's the scary part about it, and but and it's 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 crazy, man. And it's not fear, man, because it's like I said, but growing up seeing this shit and the shit, I thought that shit was horrible growing up. That mm-hmm. shit now, yeah, bro, that shit is a war zone. You know what I'm saying? Not only at war, we at war with ourselves, we at war with the government, we at war with the mayonnaise people, we at war Mm -hmm. with the farmers, farmer die calm niggas, we at at, whatever the fuck it is. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Shit is just out of control, but and I just don't understand what do we need to do to make it better? Like how many community citizens is it gonna be? How many Mm -hmm. aldermen's gonna step up to their position? How many mayor's gonna step up to their position? You know what I'm saying? Lori Lightfoot, what out here, what? Giving money into those, Squad cars and shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying?
1: And, we and need OGs, man. We don't. We, it's, it's not a lot of OGs on the streets no more. For
2: they real. in jail. And we man. gotta challenge how we think about resource, man. We live in a world that's very zero sum, and what that means is if I get something, you don't get something, and mm-hmm. that's the way our politics work. Yes, we we create these this idea of scarcity, like it's only enough money to go around. And I know it's more complex than this, but like we literally created money, like let's stop bullshitting. We made this shit up. We determine what value is, who gets resources and who don't. Mm -hmm. And the science shows, man, when people feel taken care of, when they feel they can fend for themselves, they usually don't bother other people. They usually do do go about themselves, but you, You can't have that in a society that's about scarcity, a society that tells you that unemployment and homelessness is just going to happen, but don't Mm -hmm. really move to address those things. It's going to tell you that, you know, health inequities are going to happen, but it's like y'all building highways through neighborhoods. Y'all putting Mm -hmm. metal scrappers on the Southeast side across the street from where people live. Mm -hmm. And so we have to start thinking more about, what it really means to live in a society that has the available resources, but just don't, if it don't make somebody money, they don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. If it don't get you paid, well, how the community center going to make the community money? We, we got to stop thinking about resources in this very zero sum kind of way, because if we don't, we'll never invest in the things we need to invest in mm-hmm. because homelessness don't make nobody money and yep. people don't care if prisoners is, beaten down and left to get COVID and people don't care about the unemployment of the low-skilled worker and we we, we gotta get out of that but it's hard when mm-hmm. it's just like I gotta get mine I yeah. gotta do me and I, I, don't, I don't know how we shake that man because they didn't pump that in us for so many generations that at mm-hmm. this point I couldn't blame a single person, especially come out of the pandemic, that say, "Man, I'm finna worry about my family, making sure we safe, we healthy, we got it." What I'm supposed to tell you? No, you need to think about your community and your city. Right? I I want that in a perfect, ideal world, but people really hunkering down to take care of themselves, and I and should I understand why?
0: Well, you talking about you don't know who to blame. It's a person we all got oh, we something know, in common we know, with.
2: we know who to blame. I mean. Yeah, right. I R. Mean. Kelly.
0: You know what I'm saying?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know.
0: I know. You talking about I can't blame no inmates. R. <laughs> Kelly, bro. He, he the reason why all this <laughs> shit <laughs> shit, is going on, Bro. <laughs> I
1: ain't like... You know I ain't changing, bro. I ain't
2: changing. Hashtag Blame R. Kelly. part about that is Muggs knew the whole... Bro, my whole life... Yeah, a, we did. the punchline, yep. bro. My yep. whole life, and they was just like, hmm, again. It's like, yep.
1: y'all, y'all, y'all... That's sad. sad that's y'all sad. sad, bro. Yeah. That's real y'all sad. All knew. That's real sad. And all them people knew that he... Married a fifteen-year-old predator, bro. Oh, yeah. All those people,
0: bro. Everybody <laughs> knew, bro. <laughs> My man made straight
2: predator music. Like his Crazy. song titles and lyrics is predator music, and people just. But he said we can fly and we can stand. <laughs> right. tripping, bro. You need to fly your ass, and stick your ass about my face.
0: Hold <laughs> on, oh, no, man. Hey, look. Hey, we can't be talking about that like that. St. Patrick's Day, y'all got chill. Got
1: you. <laughs> That's go crazy,
2: to Green
0: beer and keep it moving.
2: Green beer, keep it moving. I hope people <laughs> act, don't act to ass today and this yeah. upcoming weekend. Yeah.
1: The white people for sure. <laughs> hey yeah. This we makes up. <laughs> we, we
2: ain't we ain't turning up till fourth of July. Yeah, exactly. You know, hopefully exactly. we got exactly. vaccines by then. Man. <laughs> I'm telling you,
0: bro. I'm telling you. I'm telling and that's you.
2: the thing. Like if we was gonna turn up, if black folks was gonna turn up, we had all we was gonna do it all February, but we stayed, we just we got on the internet and celebrated.
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah. And yep.
1: they had a ball. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up. up. Ain't
0: no ain't no telling, ain't no talent though. But you know shit. Gonna keep moving, keep it pushing. Can't worry about the white folk, man. they folk. Shit, black folk, <laughs> ghetto folk, nigga folk, shit, whatever folk, kin folk. She can't worry about it, shit.
1: Hey, <laughs> so tell us what uh the city cash chicago podcast is about. What is right. what is what is it about?
2: For sure. Well, it's gonna be starting this Wednesday? Um, we're gonna do every other day for the first two weeks, and then we'll go Monday through Friday. But it's basically a 15-minute news podcast where you're gonna come in and I'm gonna give you What are the local headlines in Chicago? What's popping off in the individual neighborhoods? Is there a big Mm -hmm. story? Are there individual neighborhood events going on? And then the crux of every, or the bulk of every day's show is going to be an interview with somebody in the city. Okay. You know, we've done some test episodes. um, And, you know, in today's show, we talking about St. Patty's Day from a bunch of different people's perspective. Okay. But in our test episodes, you know, I've already talked to, People like the history of the the president of Chicago History Museum, Donald Lassier. Uh, Tanya Lozano, who runs a community center, Healthy Hood Chicago, on the west side. I talked to NPR reporters about Mm -hmm. mass vaccines and how to sign up. You need to talk to Lori Lightfoot. uh, (laughs) Lightfoot, Talk to her motherfucking ass. (laughs) Talk to a (laughs) mirrorless on the south side. And honestly, just from the meetings with my producers, it's crazy to say, but. I'll be lying to you if I say I don't think we're going to talk to the mayor because I, do, I think it's going to happen. Uh, okay. Yeah. If it's anybody
0: – well, because I, I was just telling bro, like, shit, I can't remember. Well, how many championships you won at Purell? 16.
1: Woo. I said – yeah, It's a Russell status. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Better There's than
2: your favorite person. F- five team championships <laughs> and 11 individual. Oh, man. That's dope. That's yeah. dope, The man. only day
0: you couldn't win the debate with, bro. Tell them.
2: Tell them. go ahead. Tell
0: them, they waiting. Come on. Let's be real. Let's. Stop. Okay, I see God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, nigga, what? He was the nigga that'll be like, why, why? you don't eat the, the the sandwich cold? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he, he, he's that nigga. Like nigga,
2: because I want to hide, nigga. Said, yeah, why? Yeah, I'm, I'm hungry, bro. <laughs> Mother <my>, sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, every the goal overall is to kind of create a sense throughout the week that. For, especially for people who don't interact with the news, who don't watch the news. Because, I mean, I don't know about y'all. I don't, the news was on, like, in the background of my house growing up. But, like, I don't yeah. wake up and turn on, you know, the news every day. Mm-hmm. I, I listen to news podcasts. I listen to podcasts that are interested in breaking down national stories, breaking down local events. Mm, okay. Um, and there are there are a few people working in the city, you know. But I teach every day also. You know, mm. I'm a university instructor, so I'm talking to 18 to 25, and some of my students are 40 and in their 50s, mm. and they're disconnected from the news. They feel like mm. every time they turn on the news or grab a paper, you know, it's sensational journalism on the front. It's murders, but it ain't no explanation of why this is happening. There's no breakdown. Damn. It's just let's make people afraid. Let's let's get people concerned or riled up. And my goal and what I think we're trying to accomplish at CityCast Chicago is one, to make people feel more connected to the city, Mm -hmm. you know, to not just feel like, you know, if you live in Roseland, you just need to know about Roseland, but you're never going to hear about Andersonville. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, the people in Andersonville might have no bearing on your life, Mm right? but it's important for our city to recognize how complex it is, how segregated it is, and to have a better sense of, and not always being this, let's check in on what's going on on the south side every once mm. in a while. It's like, no, nah, let's really understand the difference between Inglewood and Roseland. They're not the same communities. The right. south shore is not the same as Chatham and Gage Park uh-huh. and Little Village and Hermosa and Humble Park. And, uh-huh. you know, they're not the same as Belmont Cragen, and they're not the same as Lincoln Park and Edgewater and Anderson Ooh, yep. and- <laughs> We get the point. We get the point, bro. We get, get the feel. point. Pass the, pass <laughs> conquer. We get the point. So oh, I was, know, like, let the church say anime. <laughs> let, let's complicate this a little bit more. Let's let's make this city a little bit more tangible and connected. Yeah, yes, sir. Uh, you know.
0: Shout out to you, shit, with the wisdom and the knowledge. I'm just trying to
2: <laughs> Trying to spread something like I'm I'm much more comfortable usually being on stage or being in a classroom. Just kind of speaking out into the world is new for me, and um, I'm ex- I'm excited to see how it goes. See if people vibing with it. Yeah, gonna take it there.
0: We told you that as a kid, but you gonna you gonna take us there. So shit,
2: point us niggas in the right direction. Do what you gotta
0: do. Keep it going. Shit, pay the la- pay the pay the lane for motherfuckers, bro. You know what I'm saying? Pay the way. Do what you gotta do. Shit, we we'll see you at the top. We we'll see you.
1: Yes, sir. Um, let's talk a little bit about mental health. Uh, I know we touched on it a little bit, kind of, sort of, just speaking about the uh the, the minds of the children in Chicago right now. So, uh, just give us a little bit of your thoughts. Uh, I'm uh, this is more so about Izzy. Izzy wanted me to bring up mental health. I'm like, what do like What are some what are your best ways to like get your mind right like every day? Like, do you do like any like uh, praying, meditating? your uh, or stuff like that, you know what I'm saying?
2: I think to intro into the conversation, like I said earlier, because I'm working with a lot of young people, mm-hmm. you know, even though we're in a pandemic and a lot of that's been online, prior to the pandemic, I think the conversation around mental health, I mean, it's not only important as an obvious topic, but I think we should always be reminding ourselves that despite what we are dealing with from a mental health perspective, maybe being normalized as a conversation just recently, you know, people have been going through these things for quite some time and not really feeling comfortable to talk about it and having the information for it. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things I'm learning with my students is not that somehow mental, like, like people dealing with, you know, struggles such as, you know, maybe depression or substance abuse or, you know, feeling isolated, like these things are not new, Mm -hmm. but people feel more comfortable to talk about them. So I think some people get that mixed up and they think like, oh my God, we're in like a, you know, a crisis. I'd argue that we've always had these elements. Mm -hmm. They've been, they've surely been exacerbated, like sort of built out, made worse over time. Mm -hmm. But it seems like we're in a crisis just because more people feel comfortable talking about it. More people feel, you know, like they have the space to, to jump into it. And then on the other end, you know, talking with my students, talking with young folks, uh, you know, they they lack the resources to address how they deal with being the most overstimulated generation of all time. Mm-hmm. Like, think about, you know, as kids, we definitely went through some stuff. But like, let's be real, y'all. Mm-hmm. We did not have the world in our hands in the no. fourth grade, in the fifth grade. No, I, don't, no. I don't think I got a phone. With a screen, like think iPhones Mm -hmm. didn't even really come out until we was out of elementary school. Yeah, we was in high school. Yeah, I didn't get a phone with a screen that had like real internet until college, maybe. Like Mm -hmm. high school internet was super slow, dial up even sophomores. Uh I'm still trying to get on my slash right now. So like we we have to like we have to put ourselves in their shoes to know like Uh Y'all, they are the most overstimulated. They feel like they're dealing with a crisis every day. Breaking Mm. news did not come to my phone every day. Right. I remember when 9-11 happened, the teacher had to go roll in a TV, plug in. Yeah, yeah. These kids all getting alerts on their phone. Everybody getting the breaking news from around the world. They hearing Mm. about explosions in Iraq, hearing about uh, wildfire in California and COVID in Brazil all within the same time of one another, y'all. I barely knew what was going on up the street from me when I was 15, 16 years old. So we have to like really acknowledge like these kids living through economic crisis. Mm -hmm. But
0: you know, it's probably not to cut you off, but it's like, okay, it's like, and to me, this is why I get so mad with the generation because that shit wasn't, we wasn't having that. You know what I'm saying? Like bro, it was mama said it one time. You know what I'm saying? And oh that, geez, was,
1: that's what I'm saying. It's, it's like cracking it losing them.
0: And it's like when you talk, it's like, man, you making me have a soft spot. But it's like, no, fuck that. You know, it wasn't easy for us. The I, world was handed to them. Man. And we talk about mental health. And you know that I love that mental health shit, but it's like
2: But that's not true. The world well, their trauma is, is
0: how, how is it that they're I ain't gonna say their trauma is worse than ours? You talking about economical, you know, let's, depression. Yeah, let's, and not <laughs> shit
2: like let's not make it where we compare traumas. Let's just understand mm-hmm. that. Let's be real, G, even though we know what our OGs, how they invested in us. in means God, pretend brother, like, God, brother, y'all. Let's, let's remember, like, you know, the, you know, that style of parenting isn't gone, and it's not, it's not as simple yeah. as like parents need to raise their kids. Uh-huh. But it, it is to the point of think, of think of, you know, yourself as you were growing up in terms of you, were, you felt like you were more slowly coming into a sense of the world around you, where for these kids it's feeling more immediate is just yeah. feel like it's happening much faster. Oh, yeah. And because we didn't have an outlet, one of the reasons we shut up is because where was we gonna say something? These kids have all the places to vent. They have right. all the You're places right. to say something. If we had these same tools that they age, we can't say that we wouldn't have taken some of the same steps as them. Because if I had a place mm-hmm. like Twitter, like think yeah. about when you go in your room and you say, oh, my mama, I can't believe she just did that. Mm-hmm. Bro, if you had Twitter at twelve years old, you'd have went in your room and you'd have typed that shit on the internet. That's exactly Who's what son? you would have did.
1: Hell yeah. So we
0: yeah,
2: had been picking up my and team saying, and yours for the <laughs> You know, but now these kids know how to block their parents. They know how to lock these yeah. kids out. They know how to create these separate worlds for themselves. And so it's not mm. a matter of a soft spot of like. Yeah, I it's just a matter of understanding that, you know, they have they're dealing with different things right. or they're dealing with the same things differently because let's be real. I've had to have conversations with my mom where I'm like, I wish as a kid, you would have just talked to me a little bit more That in some yeah, situations you, you wouldn't have up. reached for the, you know, for the, for the corporal punishment for the ass. Uh-huh. And so it's not, let's not pretend like we not processing some of the traumas of how we were raised and mm-hmm. moving through yeah. that. Uh, right, And, and so right. It's, it's just balance, man. Every generation is dealing You're with right. being compared to the generation above them. Your mom's mom thought her generations was much wilder than them. Well, that's because they had more access. And then they said our generation was the wildest. And then the one came after us, had more access, more tools, more ways to express themselves, more crisis to deal with. And again, it's not because we didn't have crisis, it's the crises didn't find us the way that theirs do. Like Mm. There was not a trending list of trauma every morning for us to, to go through yeah and for these kids it doesn't feel like you can really escape that or you can move away from that and so again I, I i feel you g when i was coming right out of college and grad school i was like man these little motherfuckers these little motherfuckers nuts they don't care about mm-hmm. their parents they wilding. then i listen to them and i mm-hmm. see how much is going on in their world in their brain and you know the Honestly, y'all, the type of things that I believed when I was 14, 13, I'm glad I didn't just have platforms to say that. Yeah. Because I would have canceled myself, man. I grew up in toxic ass environments with some toxic ass beliefs. And I was given the free, the given, the somewhat privilege to work through those, not necessarily behind closed doors, but on my own time in in college. Whereas these kids, it feels like once you get an opinion, you got to put it out to the world. And if it ain't the Mm -hmm. right one, now you working to try to to learn but now you being attacked and yeah like i don't know what cyberbullying is like these kids do right so so it ain't a matter of saying you know they was handed the world or anything because what they was handed was the most indebted the most climate written the most economic disasters back to back the worst inflation rates the lowest wage increase since the 1970s. So the world they was handed was pretty shitty, my G. Mm -hmm. And and they pretty angry about it, let's be real.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man, but you know, they gotta figure something out though, cause you know, but you put it in perspective like that, though. you know, it's like, damn, like the dude makes sense, man. You know, and it's kinda, you wanna have a soft spot for him, but but some of the shit that they say, man, it's like, I I know you didn't say that, like, (laughs) Yeah. Like what are you? And, and I'm thinking like we you know, used to say some
1: it. wild ass shit too, though. I yeah, know. for
0: sure. But shit, I'm, I'm still, I'm still missing teeth. To yeah, you know what I'm saying. I remember when this day. I'm gonna tell it. Man. I'm telling you, y'all, yeah, fuck <laughs> it. Yeah, I'm telling. You, I wasn't gonna tell you, St. Patrick, it, St. that they I'm feeling lucky, nigga. This nigga should call me, right? You know what I'm saying. So it might have been one day in grammar school, St. Anthony on 89th uh Polina and shit. Uh, I was in the hallway for some bullshit. Niggas know I've been a class clown my whole life. You can tell you, you can say God, scrape me down right now. I always been a funny man. <laughs> oh, you know I'm out there and shit. So I see his big goofy ass coming out there with me and shit. I'm like, nigga, what you do? He like, man, I just told her the answer to number one was wrong, and she got mad at me because I told her that she was wrong. <laughs> Like, you can't tell her, I ain't gonna say the teacher's name because she be following us and shit. And I ain't gonna put up out there like that because I need that 401k. You know what I'm saying? She need that 401k. So, you know what I'm saying? So, I don't know what it was. teacher came out, cussing him out. I'm like, I turn around, get the, wiping the wall like I was painting and shit, some more shit. So, you know, he was like, man, I might die. I'm like, nigga, what? You might die. My mama coming up here. I just, oh, damn, nigga. I, was, oh, I need man. to get in the classroom machine. So she come in. She come from my side and shit. I get down there. I did, did a split and some more. Trying, <laughs> trying to hide and shit. And said, down rip my pants and everything. She said, pass your dummy, dirty ass and shit? Get up. <laughs> I was like, man, I, I tell the teacher that her wig was falling off and she got mad at me because I'll tell the truth. He got in trouble for telling the teacher she was wrong, so I threw the heat off me. Mine she...
2: way more, man, way more respectful. That's I ain't never right. telling her about her wig, <laughs> only her ass is, nah, You talking uh, about wigs and stuff. You know No, but you uh, said
0: mother shit. You might have motherfuckers argue with the whole class, but You the only motherfucker that got asked to be on a great debate video and declined it because you felt like you, Dizel Washington, was wrong for playing the role. Anyway, you know what I'm saying? So, you know what I'm saying? So, he go in the classroom and shit. She like, pull him down. I'm like, pull him down. I'm like, i seen this on Oz. You know what I'm saying? Bro? So, I'm like, I'm on one plan, G. that motherfucker, all I have is, clack, clap, clack, clap, clap, clack. clap, 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 hack And let's be real,
2: bro do that same situation in this generation, bro. Like that's still, like, you know, I live with, I didn't tell stories about it. You know, that's I'm still like it. my homegirl Denisha, she still bring it up, Shout right? But, this, yeah, but, but this generation, bro, yeah, I would have been trending around the world. Yeah, they'd have filmed oh, Around what? the yeah. world.
1: Your mama would have probably been in trouble for doing that, bro. Not only yeah. she, the
2: whole school, let her get all the way up there and carry it out. Yeah, like they let her execute the whole plan and some yeah. pajama pants and some bottoms, bro. Like, and, and, and I mean, we about to get another one I, 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 I'm, And again, that traumatized me as a kid. But again. Like, I take that, but I some perspective. You take that same situation on a kid today, bro, and that situation mm. is not isolated in the memories of just the, the nigga in the hallway and the 20 of us who was in the classroom. Cause uh-huh. I'm still uh-huh. friends with my boy Chris and Denisha and Quetta and Byron and Javon. They ain't gonna never forget that. But right. what they not gonna have is video proof of that shit happening. Yeah. Whereas today, yeah. I would've, yeah. I, 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 my life, and just think about that G, at that age, you couldn't even fathom the entire world seeing your most embarrassing moment you couldn't even ah, you couldn't what? even think you couldn't even think of that being a possibility because our neighborhood there was no capability for people didn't have cameras people weren't being video cameras to send up yeah. to to the south side yeah. now bro it don't matter honestly at this point even though there's still privilege in terms of owning a cell phone bro the income level to having a cell phone is extremely great from yeah. like the people in yeah. the lowest income to the highest income at least 15 of the kids in that class, no matter what my mama said, what the teacher said, would have been immediately filming the worst moment of my life. And I would have had to carry that with me. Every yep. day, moving forward, and something that was commonplace. That was
1: common for parents to that, come up there and whoop their kids yeah, in front of them. That was, that was they. Threat. That's how they got like, you. I saw it yeah.
2: done in the hallway, in the parking
1: yep. lot on the way. Oh, the the my mama got me so bad in the hallway. Away. She damn to slap me with the belt and everything, come but on. she <laughs> luckily <laughs> took me in the office. Like, yeah, like my, my mama. She like, didn't at do at it point, in front of the class. I've been
2: threatening you for five, six, seven years with this. Yeah, maybe since I was in like first grade, my mom started. Uh huh. Boy, don't make me have to come up to that school. And I think it was about seventh grade, and she was like, "I can Exactly what happened to and me. She said it to prison. me. She said it to me like a, a gangster G. Because it wasn't on some like I'm angry off the rails. It really was like Kobe. I'd be a bitch, nigga, if I ain't followed through on my words. I've been <laughs> yeah. making this stuff for years, nigga. Boy, you like, just like her, I feel like if Woo. i don't, like almost with a like slown on her face, like she was like I don't really want to do this, but I kept saying it. It's almost like I can't keep saying I'm gonna shoot if I don't shoot my shot. She was like, I gotta shoot it today. Yeah. You picked the right day, and it was like listening to her like listening to her, had a conversation with my mom. Now I'm lucky that my mom is like such a cool person. That I, we can talk through those things. I've been uh-huh. able to bring things up to her uh-huh. and she just keep it real when she was like, I mean, was it the best choice? No, nah. but mm-hmm. did I have to, it was at a certain point where it's like my mom believed, especially us being young black men. Like if she didn't show me what consequence looked like, she really thought we was going to go out here and get murdered by the cops. That yeah. was like, it wasn't a threat. That's not a threat parents put on their kids most times because they want to, it's because they really believe if you are out here and you have not been taught how to control your tongue,
1: mm-hmm. how to
2: control what comes out of your mouth, who you uh-huh. get buck with and who you kind of, you know, you, you know, find the respect, even if it don't live in you. And she was like, that starts here. And you know, bro, you know, we wasn't never cussing our mama out. We our talking back was never no. Be what you gonna do, mm-hmm. nigga? What you? It was always something simple, just like, why? Well, I don't mm-hmm. know, but my mom mm-hmm. knew that even those simple challenges of authority yeah. needed to have consequences. Not because she, and look at me making making excuses for my <laughs> the person yeah. who whooped on me, but it, <laughs> a, a lot, a lot, I, you know, having them adult conversations with her, I saw the fear in her eyes where she was like, "Kobe, it'd be different if you was just disrespectful." It's you are a smart ass disrespect. And that's the kind of disrespect that make cops even more angry. Mm-hmm. Is the person who, like, no, I know my rights, sir, and you ain't gonna never do me like this. And like they they'll let the person screaming fuck you in their face go before they let the person who challenged their power uh-huh. a, a sort of legitimacy. And so, you know, she felt like I just I have to do this. But again, parents gotta understand. That choice got way broader consequences now, so it can't be my mama did this to me, so i 'm gonna do it to you yeah. but mm-hmm. i don't if I say that to my kid i'm being I'm being really unfair because just because my mom did that to me, well, the circumstances in the world they live in don't mean i'm they're gonna go through the same thing, mm-hmm. so I get to do what my mom did, but they don't get the consequence of living through. It the way I did because I got to just like live through it with the 30 people in that classroom and the people in that school who heard about it uh-huh. but even then it was like you just heard about it g you didn't see it and for me that's yeah. still I, bro you know me I ain't I even I that I, had
0: a phone. I, I was still be.
2: cool after that I was still <laughs> doing me and it, because yeah. there was yeah. that sense of like it was that moment if yeah. I do that to my kid thinking like oh it's just that moment and now like no bro you literally just marked your kid arguably for the rest of their life, because once they go out there, it's out it's all, there.
0: Yeah, it's all, yep, And it's
2: And all. so, as a parent, if you still want to whoop your kid, I mean, that's what you're going to do, but, like, in front of the class and where people got, like, bro, that's not the world you grew up in, understand that and move forward with it. But if you think you're just going to keep passing licks down, because that's how it happened to you, that, that shit is so unfair, especially to a kid who did not ask to be born, my G. None of yep. us asked to be here. We all trying to figure this shit out. That's not to say to let them do what they want, yeah. but just like let's make some understanding for that because as a kid you know we could go on to another topic but one thing that confused me was like i really was confused i really at times was like you are wrong teacher and they was just like you so disrespectful and i'm like i'm really confused what's happening right now because i ain't raised my voice i'm literally just saying i think you're wrong and for parents they hear you say that to authority it's less snap on them whereas let's make some room that like no man these kids I was confused. The Number one yeah. was wrong, my G. And now I'm yeah. sitting in the hallway <laughs> confused as hell because that don't make number one no less wrong. Exactly. Uh, so.
0: Now, you say all that, right? You know what I'm saying? And I'm a goat. Since you're my brother, I'm a gone head. Whenever I have kids, I'm going to give them the discipline that they need. <laughs> but one time, and I mean one time, Vale, you're going to have to believe this. Please, you got to believe <laughs> You know what I'm saying? My son or daughter, Gotta get you know what I'm saying? (laughs) It happened to me, it's happening in them. Come on, let's go that way. But yeah, after that, you know, I would treat them just accordingly like you said, bro. But all jokes aside, though, is when you put it in perspective like that, that's, that's why I call you for shit. Like, man, bro, do this sound right, bro. And you put it in perspective of the Mayonnaise Coalition people. The nigga really. coalition people, <laughs> and then like yeah, the motherfuckers like like yo, bro, be street turned with me, bro. Tell me about it, been about it, been about the same. You know what I'm saying? And it makes sense that way. It do. You know what I'm saying? Because our trauma was it's, it's it might be the same, but they shit is on a bigger scale.
2: Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and that's just it. It don't take nothing away from what we went through to understand that to have a little more empathy. You know, again, don't mean we got to tolerate disrespect. It just means we got to alter our tactics. Cause you know, the world is, I'd argue the world between 1995 and 2021 changed far rapidly than the world between 1970 and 95. Right. Mm-hmm. The style might've mm-hmm. changed. The music might've changed, but like, you all know, the technological revolution that just took place in the last 20 years is blowing my fucking mind. Yeah. And you, these kids you. coming right into it. And mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, again, it took me, and and that's usually what it takes. It takes you to hear the person's story. You, can't, uh-huh. you ain't just going to think abstractly about it and often feel the most amount of empathy. It took me to actually work with these kids and work with high schoolers and elementary school kids and now university kids to really see a better sense of, okay, let me let you take control of the story and tell me what you're going through and what uh-huh. you see. And, you know, that's the same experience I got working in Cook County Jail. It was like, let me not come in here and just let me what I think y'all life is or what I think y'all going through. Let me just listen to y'all. And once you get in that space, a motherfucker will really let you know that we want it to be so simple and so easy. All Put money right. in the hood. The hood going to be better. It ain't, that's not how it worked after 400 years of design depression. And it's never gonna work like that. But who wants to hear that? If I tell you we can solve our problems, it's gonna take 150 years. You don't wanna hear that. You wanna hear a four year uh-huh. election cycle. And if it All don't right. work, you wanna hear the next four year election cycle. And there uh-huh. may be a two year election cycle. Like Lori, like our mayor, she might not see the next term. Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna say that she is deserving or not deserving or another, but I will say a lot of the issues that she had to come in. You know, the choices she made are her own. But the issues she had to deal with, these didn't come out and, like, come up in 2018, 2019. Mm-hmm. This came up over the 1920s and the 30s. And, you know, so... But if people don't feel like she's done enough to address the 100 years before her and four years, out on her ass. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And, so, and that kind of, you know, putting those two things together don't work in a society where you want to feel... Like you going to get to see the world that everybody's been fighting for. Mm-hmm. The truth is, you're probably not. And yep. you need to be okay with that and invest in it, being a good person enough to know that if it took 400 years to make something shitty, it's probably going to take... It might take longer because niggas going to deny the 400 years for about 200 of them, right? Yeah. <laughs> we, we we still at a point in America where we... J- it feels every other year people is like, I'm waking up. I didn't know it was this bad. And motherfuckers is like, you serious? Like, yeah. the, the shit been bad the whole time. Yeah. But, but then man. again, when I think about it, it's like, well, every new generation of human beings come in with that same ignorance of like, the world started with me. How did it mm-hmm. get this bad? I can fix it. And it's like, mm, probably not.
1: But not you, at all. But we got to be committed
2: speak. to that.
0: Every mm-hmm. time you speak, you take me back to 1850. I just felt like I was getting beat on just now. I just felt <laughs> depressed. Sad, like, right, but I'm ain't the hard
2: part, G, to make sense of anything happening today, you almost always need to go hundreds of years You back. got to, bro. How, it's the roots. It's how the overwhelming roots. overwhelming is that? Every time we talk about any problem in our society, what you should probably do is talk hundreds of years back. But that don't work for 30-minute shows, an hour podcast, and a 20-minute Trevor Noah, or five-minute explainer, or 60 seconds on Instagram. or none. Nobody want to talk about 150 years every time they talk about something. But if you want to talk about Chicago injustices, you want to talk about violence in this city. You want to talk about segregation. Uh Motherfucker, you ain't talking about the Great Migration.
1: Right. You ain't talking
2: mm-hmm. about hundreds of thousands, millions of people right. moving here post 1865 yep. and 1925. Uh-huh. Motherfucker, you you gonna miss it. And and <laughs> you're like, right too. You're and, right. You're and, right. And, and that's the that's the hardest part, G, especially as somebody who is always trying to learn. More. I mean, y'all see all these books behind me. Like, yeah. I get it. I when I talk to people, and even just in your comment, bro, it's like That is overwhelming Mm -hmm. for people to have to think about hundreds of years every time Mm you want to talk about something. And so you see why people don't. And you see how we often end up, you know, the metaphor I love to use is there's like water dripping in from the ceiling. What's the first thing you do when water starts dripping in? You usually get a bucket
1: Mm -hmm.
2: because that's the main thing to address. But the hardest thing to do is take your ass up on the roof and see why exactly is this happening? Because what you're Mm -hmm. not going to stop is rain. And you
0: falling off that motherfucker. You're
2: not going to stop rain. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Like human beings, we're not going to stop violence or theft or greed. Mm -hmm. But what we can't do is allow the roof, the systems of government, the systems of banking, the systems of housing, the things that are supposed to protect us from the natural rain of being alive, you can't let that shit be rotted out and just keep replacing the bucket and dumping the water out and that's all we keep doing is dumping the water out dumping the water out let's vote for a new bill let's pass the George Floyd Act let's pass the Anjanette Young ordinance no how about we get outside we actually fix the roof participate in shit we bro. do more than patch it and and then we ain't gotta just be in the house shoveling ourselves out because it don't even yeah. feel like these motherfuckers moved a bucket. It just feel like they was like, all right, let's pass the 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 Fair Housing Act and the Voting Rights Act. That shit yeah. good. Now we in post-racial yeah. America. Obama yeah. get elected. It's like, okay, black folks is good now. It's like, yeah. come on, y'all, y'all just replacing the bucket.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a real that, talk,
2: that man. Now niggas living in mold and you all their clothes soaking. They wonder how they got here.
1: That's <laughs> a real talk, man.
0: That's just scary, but the niggas just dealing with that shit to this day. To you this know day. what I'm saying? To this day. Deontay Wise Sound, man. man. This ain't crazy, brother.
1: Beautiful, man. We definitely appreciate Jacoby, man, coming on, man. Just come and just have a little conversation with us, man. And it, uh, man. Y'all definitely go check out his podcast. It's out right now, out today, everywhere you listen to a podcast, man. Shitty Cat, City Cats Chicago. Yes, <laughs> the Sweetcast. podcast. Go check f- it f- out. check us
2: out again. You know, 15 minutes every day with the goal of a little more connection and a little more understanding.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Down, so, my brother. We appreciate y'all tuning in, man. The Losers Podcast special episode, man. Southsideville checking in, man. We holla at y'all, man. Next week, episode 38, man. Hey, Your
0: boy, the dime, man. Appreciate you being on the motherfucking cast, man. You know a fuck, boy, yeah. old,
1: man. <laughs> Southside gang shit, man. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank y'all for listening.
0: The Losers Podcast.